Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. There will be a job fair on the stage in the debate rather than to be a place where the truth is told. Bring it on. People can people can do what they want. I'm not running to be a contributor uh, on cable news. Uh, we're running to win. I want to see our candidates contrast our vision for America versus the failure of Joe Biden. Eight people on the stage tonight, which is too many people. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the parties do about that, but it doesn't really help anybody. And um, Chris Christie is everybody is expecting to be a wrecking ball tonight going after particularly DeSantis and Ramaswamy, and he's really good at coming at you hard. He's glib, and uh, I don't know how they're going to handle that. How crazy would it be to handle the debate like uh, American Idol or some other TV game show where after two rounds, America votes. Two people get removed from the stage. Two or three, hell. Let's get down to brass tacks. All right, these three people have no chance. Everybody's listened to them. They've answered a couple of questions. Eh. Well, what Let's would be, narrow it down. What would really be nice if there was some sort of sodium pentothal or lie detector test or something like that that, was, that worked and was constitutional, where you could figure out which ones actually are running for president. Because I think fewer than half of the people on the stage most of the time actually are running for president, don't you? Yeah, I think some of them might just be, uh, it's super unlikely, but who knows, maybe something crazy will happen and I'll get vaulted. I'll have my moment and take advantage of it. How often does that person end up president? 
Oh, it's extremely rare. As opposed to the, I've been dreaming this my whole life. Every cell of my body has been dedicated to this. I, I just, I, it's the only thing I think of. I care about it more than my family, which is the usually the kind of person that ends up president. Yeah, and you have to be extremely impressive, but as yet unknown. And I'm thinking about the various candidates on stage. You know, obviously Vivek Ramaswamy could answer to that description. Well, let me run through the categories as Byron York breaks them down in the Washington okay. Examiner. Maybe you can comment on them as he uh, as he divides them into group. There are several subgroups, says Byron York. There is the Who Are These Guys groups with Governor Doug Burgum of North Dakota, Asa Hutchinson, the Arkansas governor, Vivek Ramaswamy, who, even though he's kind of having a moment, like the most recent polling he had a 20% favorable, un- 18% unfavorable, 61% said they don't know him well enough to have an opinion on Vivek. And so it's got to be more like 90% for Asa Hutchinson and the governor of North Dakota. Right. An unknown Arkansas governor. Hmm. Yeah, well. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Although Clinton was like a once-in-a-generation talent and Asa Hutchinson is not, I don't think. There is the Bash Trump group with just one member, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, who wouldn't be running for president if not to attack former President Donald Trump. I do think that is his motivating thing to get on the stage and say mean things about the guy who embarrassed him. I think that is that what drives him. Um, I think he will feel like if he said snarky things about Trump on the stage tonight, he will consider that a win. There's the, I want to be president, but vice president would also be nice group. (laughs) Composed of Senator Tim Scott, Republican South Carolina, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. They're serious candidates who haven't been able to climb up to the top tier yet. A lot of people think, Tim Scott could have uh, could have a breakthrough night because he is in, he is incredibly it's really hard to listen to him and not be impressed. Right. And then there's the last group, the leader group made up of solely of Governor Ron DeSantis, who absolutely needs to have a big night. His behind the scenes behavior in the last few months shows how important he believes this debate to be. He has prepared for the debate for months, hiring the top Republican debate consultants that exist when other candidates had not yet devoted any time to debate preparations. Some of the candidates started looking help for help as recently as three weeks ago to get prepared for the debate. When some of DeSantis's debate prep documents became public, either accidentally or on purpose, it showed a candidate who had been doing his homework. I wonder if somebody's going to bring that up tonight. Chris Christie, maybe. The, uh, the whole, uh, we saw your script, we know exactly what you're going to do, blah, blah, blah stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, Christie's going to go uh, take the hatchet to DeSantis, too, right? Is that sure. what's expected? Absolutely, because yeah. he feels like he's got to knock him down to get into the one-on-one race between Chris Christie and Donald Trump. I would just respond, everybody does debate prep. Everybody has these memos. These are suggestions from you know, debate prep specialists. I'm going to follow some of it and ignore the rest. Anyway, let's talk about the country. Mark Halpern's breakdown of tonight is there are three things of which I am certain. Chris Christie will come ready to execute a plan to leave Ron DeSantis in a puddle on the floor of the stage. Duh! And he's pretty good at it. And I don't know how good Ron DeSantis is at fending that sort of stuff off. I guess we'll find out. How would you prepare for that? If you know a guy's just going to come, like, super hard in a uh, snarky, like, wants-to-embarrass-you sort of way. 
I would portray him as desperate and lean heavily on the success of Florida and explain your state could have the same success. The Fox News moderators, in the absence of Trump, are going to be... And then, as Michael suggested, say, somebody's angry. (laughs) Hangry. Did I not mean... Hangry. The Fox News moderators, in the absence of Trump, are going to be looking for entertainment value. And it doesn't take Roger Ailes to know that the best hope for entertainment is allowing Christie to take on DeSantis. I don't know. I hope they're not thinking only in terms of entertainment. but Well, of course, it doesn't have to be only. It just has to be... A fair sure, amount. It's a factor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it is not clear, no matter how much prep DeSantis did, that he's up to the task of stopping Christie from fricasseeing him. <laughs> well, uh, that's... If, if, if Christie is there purely as Jack the Ripper to destroy other Republicans, to work out his personal vengeance against Trump and, uh, and, and a desperate attempt to claw his way past DeSantis... I mean, that is the epitome of violating Ronald Reagan's 11th commandment uh, to do no harm to other Republicans. I mean, that's just that's bad. That's no way to run a party. And it's a private organization with rules and leadership. It's an organization made to to get candidates elected. The whole this is democracy free for all thing. We've tried it. it it's bad. It doesn't work well, well for finding candidates. Well, yeah, but we've left out of the conversation uh, in this little moment here. We've certainly talked about it plenty. Uh, is the fact that the nominee of this private organization has pretty much been decided already. It's Donald Trump. and uh, uh, Unless there is a major development, he is the nominee. So I don't know what the role of the Republican Party is in, in, in light of that fact. Undeniably true, but I would say the ground is as fertile for major developments as it's ever been in the history of the country. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I remember, uh, is it eight years ago now? Yeah, I guess it's eight years ago. First debate when Trump was going to be on the stage. I remember having the conversation. It was probably about this time of year. And I remember predicting a boring debate which I couldn't have been more wrong about, uh, because I thought there was some there were some rumblings in the news that Trump was going to go like super, you know, calm, take it easy, that sort of thing. And, Can he be presidential? And from the first question, I remember we had our group text going and Michelangelo basically just saying, oh, my God, this is great. Like from the first <laughs> question. <laughs> and right. that and right. things have not been the same since. <laughs> uh, hey. Oh, my blood pressure hasn't been the same since. And I feel I like love- that's going to be that way tonight. You know you know how boring debates used to be? Where you got a couple of current or former senators or governors up there talking about policy. I mean, they were just like, oh my God, who's watching this? Who's still Adults, awake? adults who care about policy were watching it. Oh, I'm working with the, the very mascot of the shallow modern media age. Jack Armstrong. No, I'm I'm perfectly willing to agree that that is a better way to do it. But they were dull. It was like reading a, a, a paper you need to read because it's important to have this information. It's not yes. you don't you don't pick it up at the beach though. But <laughs> but right. lately well lately debates <laughs> have been like an entertaining TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, uh, David Styles in the Free Beacon with some predictions. 
things to expect to see at the debate. At least one candidate, probably Vivek Ramaswamy, will cite or sing rich men north of Richmond and agree that taxes ought not to pay for fat folks' fudge rounds. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, somebody. The first person to drop a line from that song gets huge crowd reaction. It's going to be a race. Yeah, DeSantis has to walk out with a resonator guitar and start singing it. Oh, Come yeah. On. When they introduce you, don't even say your name. I've been selling my soul. You got to just launch into it. For bull last pay. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> Look for this. Tim Scott will suggest that America is not the most racist country in the history of the world. This will call, cause liberal commentators to lose their minds, resulting in at least one semi-prominent media personality being suspended or forced to apologize for a racially charged insult. It happens all somebody on the view will call him an uncle tom right then several candidates will criticize vice president kamala harris prompting washington post columnist jennifer rubin to complain on the social network of twitter her post-debate column will scold republicans for their racist and misogynist attacks it's absolutely inevitable governor desantis and christie will get into a shouting match over which candidate has eaten the most chocolate pudding and who has eaten pudding in the most unusual fashion <laughs> Daniel Dale will perform a breathless post-debate fact check on CNN and assert without evidence that Joe Biden does not have dementia. Mike Pence, the former president, will become the first candidate in history to be collectively booed by members of the debate audience, his fellow candidates on the debate stage, as well as the moderators. <laughs> you know, I just, and neither, go ahead. Yes. I'll let you finish. Well, finally, just, it just finally. popped into my head what uh, I would say if I was DeSantis, but go ahead. This is a controversial finish, folks. Brace yourselves. Neither the candidates nor the moderators will mention the suspicious death of former President Barack Obama's personal chef or the possibly related revelations that Obama repeatedly fantasized about making love to men. The American people deserve better. Oh, yeah. Hashtag Obama body count. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm willing to dignify that. Uh, If I'm DeSantis... Hell hath no wrath like a POTUS scorned. If I'm DeSantis after a Chris Christie attack of some sort, I say, well, while you are sitting next to Donna Brazil bad-mouthing Republicans for the past six years on ABC every Sunday morning, I've been running the state of Florida and then launch into some conservative things you've done. I think that would be pretty uh, good. I think it would be so useful for DeSantis to sit down with a couple of guys like us and brainstorm stuff like that. But we'll see. You know, it's it's the big stage. He's chosen to be on it. We'll see how he does. That drives me crazy. We've got to take a break. But Joe Scarborough on MSNBC is a great example. There's a bunch of them. They, they're former Republicans. I mean, they dedicated their lives to conservative principles. But then they get on shows. They start getting a paycheck. They start getting treated like rock stars in New York, which makes you feel fancy and excited. And it's sure. amazing how much they badmouth conservative ideas and principles not just like not just trump but just don't even stand up for the things that they claim to believe in their whole lives they get lavishly paid lavishly praised and 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 are are the toast of the town for doing that yeah screw it they think cynically i'm gonna get rich I uh, well, I'll talk more about the debate later. We got plenty of more time and uh, we got we got a couple of great stories to get to somebody speaking up at a um, a school board meeting and losing their job over it, which is a cautionary tale, among other things on the way. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So you finally stand up and in a very kind and reasonable way push back against what your local schools are doing at a school board meeting and you end up losing your job for it? That sucks. Stay tuned for that story. Here's a crazy story. A group of uh, our soldiers, American soldiers, were uh, training at Fort Johnson, western Louisiana, out in the woods, and uh, they were beset by a group of coyotes who attacked them and bit them. Uh, no serious wounds. Um, Couldn't they shoot them? Well, that's one of the parts of this story I wanted to get to. According to the uh, Army spokesperson, Game officials assessed two to four coyotes were involved and likely interacted with the soldiers due to the blah, 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 a den nearby. Uh, parking, or I'm sorry, enforcement officers neutralized one coyote, which was sent for rabies testing. So now we have a neutral coyote, which is not a bad name for a band, the neutral coyotes. <laughs> now, if I was the spokesman for the base, I'd have said, well, these coyotes start biting them. So somebody took out a gun and blew them, the mangy beast to hell where it belongs. They neutralized a coyote. Could have been Al-Qaeda. <laughs> anyway, nobody seriously hurt, but uh, crazy. 14 soldiers attacked by two to four coyotes. Saw this headline yesterday. 
Missing California woman found safe eight years after disappearance. Reported disappeared by her family eight years ago. Wow. Attractive young woman. You know how those stories often go. The horrible. Uh, she shows up, says, I'm not missing. You can take me off the list. And there are no more. De- I just don't like you people. <laughs> and there are no more details because the police said we have to respect her privacy. So that's the end of the story. Essentially, I got sick of your crap, so I went elsewhere and didn't tell you, so you wouldn't bother me. <laughs> right. And Nunya, you know you know where I've been? Nunya. <laughs> that is a sad story of family dysfunction, but uh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to be either really not a good person yourself or have a miserable relationship with your family not to you know, blow them a call or a text or something saying, look, I'm fine. I'm started a new life. Don't worry about me. Right. Yeah. Isn't there like an uncle you liked or something? Where you been? Anyway. Somewhere else. Not here. <laughs> and then this, this is merely a public service announcement. If you're thinking of traveling outside of the country at some point, there's a lot of travel going on. Europe's cheap, blah, blah, blah. It takes an unholy amount of time to get a passport right now. Oh, the wow. State Department is way backlogged. Their current estimated processing time is 10 to 13 weeks. I had no idea of this. Yeah, yeah. It could be three-plus months before you get your passport. If you bribe them with a $60 expedited fee, it shortens to seven to nine weeks. What is this, the Disney Fast Pass? You can do that? Wow. Yes. How progressive yeah. is that? Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it just, again, public service announcement. If you are thinking back to yesteryear when you got your passport in two weeks, ain't going to happen right now. Hmm. Uh, some great thoughts on what would be better than the way we do our debate system. Maybe we'll talk about that later in the show, too. If you miss an hour of the program, get it in podcast form. Armstrong and Getty on demand. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. But I would like to say to you, who are entrusted to represent and make decisions for our children, and to the community that may be watching this video, that we have a big concern with what is now being taught to children as young as 10 in Benicia, such as... Children are being asked to identify their pronouns, and this is now part of the 10-year-old curriculum. This forces a gender discussion beyond the scope of the state requirements and complicates an already overburdened classroom environment. That is a woman by the name of Janet Robertson who lives in Benicia, California, who is speaking at her local school board meeting. Uh, we had the opportunity to chat with her at length yesterday and have an Armstrong and Getty Extra Large podcast for you, uh, wherever you like to get podcasts or at armstrongandgetty.com, but we wanted to give you a sample of it. The idea of going to the school board meeting and saying, hey, I don't like you asking my 10-year-old what their pronouns are. Uh, yeah, I really hate that. So what happened after Janet stood up, and we're going to play you a little more of what she said in the school board meeting, not only the substance of what she said, but the tone. An activist group in Benicia, California, the Progressive Democrats of Benicia, decided to ruin her. And so uh, identified her publicly, posted uh, scurrilous videos and posts online, contacted her her employer repeatedly and demanded that she be fired. And that cowardly, cowardly employer bowed to the pressure and cut her loose for expressing extremely mainstream points of view in an incredibly polite fashion. Again, so you don't like the fact that the teachers are asking your 10-year-old what their pronouns are, which I found outrageous. You go to the school board meeting and complain very calmly about that. You got three kids and now you got no job. That sucks. Yes. Yes, it does. Why don't we uh, do, let's just go through some of these clips, Michael. 91. We are alarmed that gender identity is now being discussed in math classes. This takes time from core learning and does not benefit the students or our community. Teaching kids that there isn't any standard or truth and that you can believe anything you want to believe is not scientifically accurate or medically correct. For example, the notion that a girl can decide to be a boy or a boy can decide to be a girl is not true and should not be taught. The new curriculum teaches that individuals can decide if they're male or female, regardless of anatomy, does not explain that a boy cannot menstruate and a girl cannot impregnate someone. This is not scientific or medically accurate. Uh, Go ahead, Michael. Next clip. Our 10-year-olds will now be taught that they can receive puberty blockers to prevent their body from going through changes that make them uncomfortable. All humans are uncomfortable during adolescence. To teach vulnerable children that a lifetime of dependence on medical care is a viable option is completely unacceptable. 
and evil. Frankly. How is this in the school? How when did our schools become the place where this this the, uh, where where the humanity and the government meet? It's weird. I have a thought on that, but I wanted to play one more clip. Ninety three, Michael. Twelve year olds will now be taught about oral and anal sex. Twelve year olds. So I get a little emotional about this because I think that's wrong. Um, the Ed Code 51933 requires that instruction and materials should be appropriate for use of pupils with, of all races, genders, sexual orientations, and ethnic and cultural backgrounds. Teaching children about oral and anal sex violates this law since several cultures would not find this teaching appropriate. So for expressing those points of views in that manner, she was hounded from her job by the progressive Democrats of Benicia. Uh, which should be horrifying. You know, I was thinking about this um, before the show today, and, and it, it occurred to me a, a great argument. I was thinking of the the fracas outside the Davis, California library that we were talking about, where a um, I, and I should have asked for the tape when uh, the the one gal was advocating for keeping men out of women's sports, and the uh, progressive lunatic, in my opinion, said, "They're women. Stop misgendering them. This is hate speech. They're women." And the gal said, just because a man says she's a woman doesn't mean she's a woman. She's a woman. Yes, she is. And and it was uh, the argument was, I believe this. You're wrong. I believe this. You're wrong. Shouldn't the onus, the responsibility be on the folks who are introducing an idea that's been unknown to mankind for 50,000 years, as opposed to the people who are defending what mankind has believed for 50,000 years. If you're introducing the radical new philosophy, you don't get to say, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. you got to come to me with an argument. Mm. But that's when the reasons critical theory is against data and science, because they have no data and science to, to look to. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, after Ms. Robertson uh, expressed herself at the school board meeting, indeed, she was hounded out of her job, um, harassed in uh, a handful of ways, and uh, and we talked to her about that. 95. You spoke at the Benicia Unified School District meeting to disagree with the new sex ed curriculum. Uh, what happened after that? So, yes, I'm a mom of three children. I have a 9-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 14-year-old. And so when I saw the new curriculum that's coming out that I believe is to be taught this year, I was very concerned about several items on it, which we can discuss. Um, but I just simply went and spoke at the school board meeting like a lot of parents do. And then I was really surprised that afterwards, within the week, um, several people wrote to the local newspapers and even wrote to my company corporate headquarters to say that I was transphobic and homophobic and a bigot and all the terrible insults that were thrown at me, none of which are true. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. So they contacted your place of work and then did your place of work say, hey, what's up with this? Yeah, you know, great question. I was very shocked when I saw the letters in the newspaper actually identified me as a Compass real estate agent, because when I spoke to the school board meeting, of course, I didn't identify myself as anything other than a mom. And so that was pretty crazy. And then when I heard they'd actually written to my corporate headquarters, my local team leader, so I I worked with Compass here in Benicia in a little team, and they approached me and said, hey, you know, we've been told and 
uh, Compass Corporate has been told that you're transphobic and all these things, to which I said, no, of course not. You know me. I've worked here for over a year, and I've brought in great money for you guys. Uh, in 2022, I did pretty well. Um, I'm retired law enforcement, but I then did a retirement job as a realtor and kind of had just started out. And uh, they said, well, Compass Corporate's really concerned about it. And, you know, it, it, basically I didn't really think much of it because I thought what I had said at the school board meeting was very reasonable. So then to get a call from the Compass Corporate representative, our regional managing director, um, to tell me that I could no longer do business as a Compass agent, I was shocked. I mean, I just felt my heart drop. I couldn't believe that they had done that. Well, what was their why? Why couldn't you do work for them anymore? Great question, which is exactly what I said. I said, oh, my goodness. I said, my my business is doing great. And his words were, yes, this has nothing to do with business. And I said, well, you need to give me a reason. You know, why on the earth would you let me go if my business is great? And he said, well, no, actually, we don't have to give you a reason because you're an independent contractor, which, by the way, pretty much all realtors in the United States are independent contractors. Um, he said, we, don't, we really don't have to give you a reason. And I said, no, this is devastating to me. I've just spent tens of thousands of dollars branding myself as a Compass agent, and you're saying I can't work as a Compass agent anymore, and I, I need something in writing or some sort of reason, and he he would not elaborate. I'm certain he was advised by counsel not to. Oh, yeah. But he well, it, his counsel yeah. is smart because to fire somebody yeah. for their political beliefs is kind of a no-no in this country, and actually even in the state of Calunicornia. Well, I have a feeling that discussion is not over by any means. I'll let you worry about that. More with Janet Robertson in just a second or two after word from our friends at HelloFresh. Hello I Fresh. happen to know we'll be having, I believe, shrimp and scallop cioppino tonight, which is a gourmet dish. Absolutely delicious. It'll take us 20 minutes to whip up maybe in the kitchen. Love HelloFresh. They deliver satisfying meals that you whip up on your own. It saves you money, and they're so good. You simply choose your recipes, pick the delivery date, lay back, and they come to your house super-duper fresh. When life is busy, especially this time of year at school and everything like that, don't call for takeout. Get HelloFresh. It's 25% cheaper than delivery and even less expensive than grocery shopping. And they even have their quick and easy options that are extra quick and easy, plus quick breakfasts and lunches, too, uh, to save the most time and money. And again, it's variety. You don't get worn out eating the same stuff all the time. Try America's number one meal kit today. You're going to love it. Get 50% off plus free shipping with the code 50Armstrong at HelloFresh.com slash 50Armstrong. That's code 50Armstrong at HelloFresh.com slash 50Armstrong. Man, the way... A mob can come after you at your workplace in the modern world is frightening to me. Yes, and and make no mistake, the mob wanted Janet's hide, but even more, they want your silence. Right, and we yeah, can't exactly. give them that. Uh, more with the the brave and admirable Janet Robertson. The letter that to me was most concerning was a woman named Nathalie Christian, and she's the treasurer of the, the progressive Democrats of Benicia. And she's the one who wrote to Compass and said, if you don't dis disavow or disassociate yourself from Janet Robertson by May 1st, we're going to go public on this. And sure enough, May 1st is when I got the call from the corporate representative who told me I could no longer be a Compass agent. Well, the activists have figured this out. They know the play is to go after your workplace if they want yeah. to uh, frighten people off because every workplace is so afraid of being uh, 
you know, being attacked by the mob that they're willing to let people go. And and I'm looking at this letter from uh, the the progressive Democrats, I think, um, and and it continually identifies you as Compass Real Estate's agent, Janet Roberson, which is not an accident. They are right. they are absolutely wow. attempting yeah. to terrorize you into silence by taking away your ability to make a living. I mean, it's practically like saying, "Hey, we know where your kids live," or something like that. I mean, it's just a threat. You're absolutely right. I completely agree. Yeah, this is something. This is just absolute ugly craziness. I mean, it would be, it's it's like, a better example would have been, edit that out, my example was poor. A better example would be uh, <laughs> the kind of car you drive and where you park. I mean, that's, yes. that's what it is. Yeah, it is. It truly is an attempt to silence me. And for me, it, it was effective. It actually got me fired. Sure. I'm very, very fortunate that, like I say, it's a retirement job for me with real estate, although it is my primary income at this point. I have a small pension from having been law enforcement, uh, which I appreciate. A lot of parents don't. There's a lot of Americans who work as independent contractors, and that is their sole income. And for me, it has also been financially devastating. But it's just so frustrating. I would love to have seen Compass come out in response to this to say, hey, we respect, like, they're big proponents of the diversity, equity, and inclusion. Why not say we're diverse and inclusive and we appreciate all walks of life and all thoughts? And we will support any of our realtors, whatever their political ideology is, even if we disagree with it. Uh, my thoughts are uh, likely they're not as traditional as I am. And traditional people should also be protected. Well, so what? I was very disappointed. <laughs> Again, you can grab the entire Armstrong and Getty Extra Large podcast at armstrongandgetty.com or wherever you like to download podcasts. We're getting uh, a, a great... lot of texts. We're getting a lot of texts with things like time to Bud Light Compass Real Estate. That's not our point, uh, but that is what's going to happen. Uh, I mean, maybe that's how this all gets sorted out. Is com- companies decide sometimes this doesn't go the way we're gonna, we think. So maybe we'll stay out of all these political issues. Yeah, when we get frightened into stampeding over good people by these activist mobsters, we well, we really hurt. Good people, and people get angry at us for that. Huh. Yeah, maybe they'll wake up. Uh, A great opinion piece um, that I came across that really ought to strengthen your spine if you're standing up against this stuff or you would like to coming up in a moment or two. Hope you can stay with us. Great idea. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We got a text with a suggestion for a better way to do the debates that I agree with. Huh. Although, if I'm Ramaswamy tonight, current format, I walk out on stage, red beard, resonator guitar, working all day, 16 hours. <laughs> I mean, I just launch right into it. Crowd goes wild. You own the night. It's the clip that gets played every package that covers the debate for the next 24 hours. His thing, though, is look how young and vital I am. So maybe he comes out shirtless, toting a 15-pound medicine ball, throws it to, to Christy, and Christy, of course, fumbles it and stumbles and everything. Just to make that wow. I don't know. Wow. So you're going to run on I'm fitter than Christy? I just don't know if that's a good platform. Well, yeah, I see your point. Uh, to follow up on the last segment, quick note, came across this uh, from Todd Madison that was kind of making the same point 
uh, that I was trying to make earlier. And this is a story about Cal Unicornia. Okay, but hear me loud and clear. Anybody in Texas has seen the the bumper stickers, don't California my Texas, that sort of thing. Idaho, same. Nevada, just anywhere woke numbskulls are going in America, people don't want them to screw up their, their place, right? I promise you, with very few exceptions, your local schools have already been Californiaed, and I don't care where you live, because the educational establishment is so far left. As we were discussing yesterday, the numbers in higher education are just stunning. Teachers' colleges are the one of the leftist institutions in America. Anyway, so no matter where you live, you have to be aware of this. And this piece is about how there was a controversy at a school board meeting, a different school board than the one we were just talking about, when the state superintendent of schools, who's a way left, he showed up and, and he accused uh, uh, the people who object to the new gender-bending curriculum as extremists. And this article talks about what a common technique that is, labeling parents who are concerned extremists in these clashes. It's the most common tactic in politics. Uh, people know what the level me- labels mean. They uh, and and if you just accept, oh, they're an extremist, it avoids the need to actually think through the merits of the arguments, which is exactly what they're looking for. Um, but then uh, let's see. Todd makes the point, and I think he makes it quite eloquently that for decades it has been expected that a teacher will inform parents if their child appears to be having mental health issues i would say that's been true for centuries not decades that might be as innocuous as behavior issues or as serious as suicidal tendencies but if a child was struggling with something it was the teacher's duty to report it this was completely accepted by the educational establishment That apparently has changed. Now there's supposed to be a carve-out for mental health issues related to gender identity. Those need to be kept secret, particularly from parents. Which brings me to the title of his piece, Who are the real extremists in our school board struggles? Is it the people who say, for centuries you've told us about mental health struggles, now you're telling me you're going to keep it secret? That parent is the extremist? And then he gives the other example. We've seen similar things happening in the book banning controversies. We used to expect school libraries to be curated in a way that kept materials inappropriate for kids off the shelves. Well, of course we did. It was assumed for centuries. Now, at least for issues relating to gender and sexuality and sexual practices, that has been abandoned. Any parent who says, whoa, whoa, whoa. You've introduced these brand new things into the library, and I don't like it. They are labeled the extremists. And those parents would more rightly be called traditionalists. Right. They continue to follow the path that in the past led to a measurably better academic performance for kids in our schools. I, so I notice don't, we're not go ahead, I notice we're not talking about math or reading. All this school stuff. All this, the scores are so low. All over the country. They're miserable. Yeah, right? that's what not what we're discussing about schools. It's all this other stuff. That's where the energy is in education in America right now. Indoctrinating your kids into radical gender theory. Doesn't that strike you as, well, odd to say the least and insidious, obviously, particularly given the miserable failure of government education at this point in the basics? This is such a huge crisis. I think more and more people are waking up to it. 
don't let them call traditionalists extremists. And by tradition, we're talking like the year 2012, okay? Not 1940. Good gracious, these are odd times. Things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. Yeah, and I'd say. Things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. You can get a t-shirt that says that at armstrongandgetty.com. Oh, you turned it into commerce. Nice job. Well, helps keep everybody on the staff. Uh, if you miss an hour of the show, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Much to discuss in hour three. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.